back to another edition of the Baseball Elite Podcast. And I got to say, um, now that the whole world knows that Meghan Markle um, has an opinion on things, now you get to hear our opinions, Ray Flowers and myself. Now we get to talk. Uh, now, I will say, Ray, we may actually talk about the Royals today. Not, ah. not those Royals, but we may get in some Kansas City Royals talk today. I spent about a minute and a half watching a clip on uh, Twitter with Oprah talking to her. And I think that Megan said about 59 words of which 57 were circular. So I, I guess that was the point of the, you know, the clip they showed to get you to watch. But uh, there wasn't anything that was said in the clip I saw, Kyle. Yeah, that is uh, somebody uh, raised in the uh, showbiz world. Say a lot without saying nothing. You know? <laughs> but anyway, we move along because we've got things to talk about. Man, oh man, do we have things to talk about. Um, I realize that we're still kind of fresh. We're still kind of new. I guess this is episode four of the Baseball Elite podcast, and it's a brand new week for us. I guess it's week number two of our fantasy baseball coverage, getting you set for 2021. And I don't know, Ray, I, I, I guess uh, it, it feels weird to me because it, it feels like you and I have been talking fantasy baseball longer than like just a week or so. We have, right? We, we, we've, we've done a little more than just a week. Well, yeah, it feels like that because it's true, uh, and it's not just that we've talking about it. I've already, I've already told people this. I've been writing about baseball since November first. Actually, I think this year it was a couple of days in October. So, I mean, I'm already five months into this thing. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's just how our, you know, how it works with us and uh, our industry and all that. But yeah, we end up so far ahead of the game here, helping prep everyone that by the time the games get going, we're really chomping at the bit. Yeah, we're definitely in the uh, thick of draft season and everybody out there who uh, thankfully is listening to us. And we appreciate everybody who's uh, downloaded the podcast and responded to the podcast. I know we've got a lot of good comments uh, from you out there in podcast land. We appreciate everybody uh, who's taken a shot to uh, listen to Ray and I. And we'll be here three times a week. We get it going on Monday, Wednesdays, and then there's an episode that uh, comes through over the weekend. And we're just talking baseball, fantasy baseball, nothing but fantasy baseball. And because of the beauty of the podcast world, no breaks. It's just Ray and I going for like an hour or so. That, so we're going to do this throughout the year. Is that What's weird? That? Is that weird for you, Kyle? I mean, is, or do you just like the flow? Because we don't have to stop and do commercials yeah. for smoke cigarettes or whatever. <laughs> yeah, my, my smoking of cigarettes, as everybody can tell from the tone of my voice, I'm, I'm missing out on it. Mm. Like I don't go, I, I go without a cigarette, Ray, for like 40 minutes. And all of a sudden I sound like I'm 20 again, just like yeah, I do wow. now. Amazing. Crazy. Yeah, I got to get more gruff. Um, I don't know. The, the, the podcast world is not one that um, I would say is a uh, major part of my life. Now, I do listen to podcasts, but, you know, it's nothing exciting. It's not like I download podcasts throughout the day. I don't have a commute, Ray. Mm. You don't have a commute. I, I mean, we're not really the podcast audience. I know a lot of people do, and a lot of people are getting back to a commute. Uh, but but for me, it's like I'm sitting at home. I'll have it on in the background occasionally, but right. but I'm just not the guy who's riding the train to work right now. I think it's, I mean, for me, it's kind of cool to have the freeform, you know, 55-minute discussion with you without having to <laughs> hit artificial breaks and stop in the middle of something that's going or worry about, oh, well, we just had a great 10-minute talk on this. That means the next one can only be four. You know, I kind of like the freedom, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm not the biggest you know, consumer of the podcast, though, you know, that seems to be obviously where the world has gone. So maybe mm -hmm. we're just living in 1985, Kyle. Yeah, we're catching up. And and if Kyle Elfrink needs to improve, I, I don't know if there's a different skill for podcasting. Let me know. You, you can always let me know by tweeting Ray. <laughs> you, can, you can tell Ray at, at Baseball Guys, hey, Ray, tell your guy that this is podcasting and he needs to do this. So I don't know. I'm, I'm trying. 
bear with me. Um, we do like to give a starting nine at the beginning of every show. These are the nine things. We go through the batting order one through nine. Here's what we're going to talk about. Give you a preview. Uh, we're going to lead off with something that I am terming one-eyed fantasy hitters for 2021. What am I talking about? I'll tell you in just a bit. Uh, so we'll do hitters in the one spot. We're going to talk about one-eyed fantasy pitchers in the two spot. Batting third today, a recap of the Labor NL and AL auctions. Uh, that industry-wide event took place over the weekend. It's always a, a fun event with a ton of experts and a ton of items that we can draw away from. So Ray and I will take a look at that. Uh, in the four hole, the lack of AL talent, it is very noticeable that the National League is loaded this year. If you are in an AL-only league in 2021, there's kind of a lack of talent, but one thing the American League provides this year, prospects. They got a lot of them. So we'll talk about that at number four. Batting fifth today, spring talk, get you up to date on the news and notes that you need to know. Uh, in the sixth hole will be a player profile of uh, Joey Gallo, still with the Texas Rangers, and as we've seen in spring, still popping home runs. So he'll be batting sixth, batting seventh today. We'll take a look at some uh, bullpen battles for contenders. Not bullpen paddles for teams like Pittsburgh or, or Boston. We're talking about teams like Atlanta, like Tampa, like Philly, like San Diego. So we'll run through some of the names and what to watch for over the next few weeks. And of course, we finish things off in the batting order with a random reference and a stamp of approval. That is today's starting nine. Ray, let's go to the leadoff spot right there at the number one position. Uh, we're going to talk about something that I have termed one-eyed fantasy hitters for 2021. And if you're wondering, uh, Kyle, who were your one-eyed fantasy hitters in 2018? Uh, that didn't exist. And, and, and Ray, it's never existed. This is the inaugural Brand list. Is. Okay. The, the only reason that we are creating this list is because of the news that came out Saturday, Ray. Mm -hmm. That Trevor Bauer of the LA Dodgers no longer needs both eyes to pitch in a ball game. He is he is the one-eyed pitcher all of a sudden. Yeah, he, it, apparently he's been working on depth perception, and the one-eye thing helps. I don't know. It, you know, there's video of it too. You can see it. This is not a made-up story. Dude was closing one eye while he was pitching, which to me is absolutely asinine. It's um, it's a joke. Now maybe it helps helps something whatever do it on the sideline do it when you're warming up do it in practice do it in bullpens can't be doing that in games i mean just you think about the baseball comes off the bat at 110 miles an hour if it's smoked 115 and your one eye is closed as you're releasing the ball i mean <laughs> I, I mean i i'm not an ophthalmologist here but when your eyes closed and it opened back up it takes a little bit of time for it to refocus it's certainly, you know, when your eye is dark and then it's open and it's in broad daylight, it takes a little bit to focus. And you've got, you know, a two-tenths of a second before the ball smacks you in the eyeball itself and you're having an eye closed? If I'm the coaching staff of that team, I'm telling him to cut that crap out immediately. That's absolutely nonsensical. So, so you're telling me, Ray, that when you do things with one eye, uh, like pitch in a major league game, even if it is spring training, when you do things with one eye, you may not get the perception that you need. You, you may not uh, get the, the overall picture, the full picture of what you need to succeed, right? That, that's well, yeah. what we're talking I mean, about. If you close one eye, you can theoretically focus more directly on a single point. 
but there's a reason we have two eyeballs. There's a reason we have stereoscopic <laughs> vision. So I'm going to say that your, your statement is accurate, Kyle. Yes. This is such a Trevor Bauer thing, though, isn't it? Oh, it absolutely, totally is. Absolutely. And he'll, he'll come up with some science. I'm sure there's some science reason for it. I, you know, <laughs> fine. But I'm just telling you, practically speaking, if I've invested $100 million in a guy who has his eye closed as he's releasing the baseball, nah, Brock. Here's the argument I'll make. Um, if you're that good, like you, you figured everything out as a pitcher, um, and you're in spring training, um, go for it. I, and I guess there's nothing for him to work on, right? He's running out of things. It's, you know, Clayton Kershaw, we don't hear him mm-hmm. doing the one-eyed thing. I guess he's still trying to figure things out as a starting pitcher. Yeah. So but Bauer appears to have figured everything out, right? Clayton Kershaw on his way to the Hall of Fame is, is, <laughs> doesn't need to worry about that. Um, no, I mean, and we never talked about this on Sirius XM, um, but because we talked a lot about Trevor Bauer, he's cheating, isn't he? I mean, he, he basically admitted for a year that the reason all these guys, uh, you know, spin rates went up is because they were cheating. And he even mentioned, oh, my spin rate would go up by 300 RPMs if I use pine tar. Guess what? Spin rate went up by 300. He even admitted that one inning of a game, he admitted one inning of a game he used pine tar, right? <laughs> and then, then all of a sudden his performance takes off. I, I don't know. I'm just saying, you know, he's, it's he's uh, begging them to catch him. He kind of is, Kyle. Yeah. Well, here's what we draw away from Trevor Bauer. And hey, God knows this guy has created a lot of content over the last year. Um, he's done it again. Because I, I thought to myself, Ray, uh, pitching with one eye, um, I don't really want my pitcher to do it. And I don't want our listeners, I don't want the fantasy player to go into a draft, to go into a season with only one eye open. Because I think when you only go in with one eye, when you try to pull the Trevor Bauer at your draft room, you're going to end up missing the whole picture. You're going to overlook some things. And I thought we would pinpoint some guys, hitters and pitchers. We'll start with hitters here. That if you maybe look at just some base numbers, Ray, or if you only look at last season, or if you maybe uh, just pay attention to, uh, wow, this mark is great and it happened in 60 games, you may miss the overall picture. And, and it's kind of fascinating that Trevor Bauer um, is the guy who is pitching one-eyed because I think there could be people drafting mm. Trevor Bauer one-eyed, mm-hmm. you know, not getting the full picture of who he is. I want to stay away from Bauer. And again, we'll hit pitchers later. Let's start with hitters. And one guy I'll throw out, and I think you wrote about this over at uh, Fantasy Guru maybe a month or so ago. You were talking about Marcelo Zuna. I think it was a head-to-head of Zuna versus Eddie Rosario, something like that. Right. And, and you dug into a lot of Marcelo Zuna things. And, and Ray, fact of the matter is this. He was great last year. Yep. He killed the baseball. He was huge. He had a massive season. The only thing he failed to do was steal bases. Everything else was great. But if you only look at those numbers and you don't open the other eye, there's a lot of things with the Zuna that, that could turn some people off or, or at least lead to some lessened numbers this year. Yeah, I heard you get into a bit of back and forth with Todd Zola in one of the broadcasts on Sirius. And, and I think Todd's main point was the ballpark. If I, is that accurate? He, he kind of slid into that. When when I brought up with Ozuna that, hey, he's got like two good years, mm-hmm. like two really good years out of seven. Um, and I said the other years are just kind of a guy. Um, Todd made the point. He goes, well, every other year we're in bad hitting ballparks. And I, I don't dispute that Miami and St. Louis um, aren't great hitting ballparks. I don't know that Atlanta is a great hitting ballpark. But to me, after eight years, I'm, I'm not banking on a guy as a second or third round pick because of his ballpark. And it's not Colorado. Okay. It's it, it, Atlanta's fine, but 
Marcelo Zuna, there's a lot of history there, Ray, and I'm mm-hmm. more interested in the history and the actual results mm-hmm. than I am in the ballpark he's at. Yeah, Marcelo Zuna or Eddie Rosario is the name of the article at Fantasy Guru. Go check it out. You'll probably be shocked to see Azuna and Rosario's numbers next to each other. Just hint, hint at that. Um, yeah, when you talk about Azuna, um, his season was spectacular, and recency bias is about the realest thing we've got in fantasy sports. Guy sucked last year. We don't draft him. A guy was great last year. We draft him. That's just in all fantasy sports, not just baseball. And the here are some, and, and I termed them signpost levels of production for Azuna in the article. In a season of 100 games played, so you know, good, not even a full season, but 100 games played. Marcelo Azuna has hit 285 once, single time, once. How many seasons of 30 home runs does he have? One. How many seasons of 90 RBIs does he have? One. How many years of 85 run score does he have? One. Okay. Eddie Rosario's numbers are better than that, just as, a, as an example. Now, that is not to say that Azuna's going to hit 22 home runs with 71 RBIs this year, but to Kyle's point, he's had one season of 285, one season of 30 home runs, one season of 90 RBIs, one season of 85 runs scored. And at the levels he's being drafted this year, the expectation is that he hits all four of those numbers. Well, you even brought up, I think, in the article, Ray, like all the projection systems are like <laughs> predicting it. Um, yeah, I yeah. guess we'll find out how good the projection systems are because they all agree. They're, they're expecting this guy to, to really put together a five-by-five five season that he's never put together. Yeah, the, and the projection systems that I use were the Bat X, the Bat, ATC, Depth Charts, Steamer, and Zips. These are all from Fangraphs. And the, uh, all the models, if you add up their lowest number in the projection for all six of those models, they lead to numbers in the five-by-five categories that he has never done once. And those are the worst numbers, not the highest numbers from the projection models, the lowest numbers. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things. I, 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 I like Ozuna's game. I like that he went back to the team that he was happy with. The offense should be fantastic with the Braves. But he is being expected to do something that he's never done before, and that's something to think about. Here's where I stand with Azuna, Ray. There's five categories, and, and I know leagues are different, but overall, five categories. I feel good about the ribbies. I'll give him 100 ribbies because, like you said, the lineup. I mean, you've got Acuna. You've got Freeman in front of you, Albies. You know, whoever they put, they're going to have guys on base in mm-hmm. front of them. Yep, absolutely. He, he should get ribbies. But everything else... I'm not feeling near as much. I mean, the home runs, I don't think are going to keep near the pace he had last season. He's he had 340 last year. I mean, I wouldn't even put him down for 300. That's a huge loss in batting average runs scored. I think will be down and I don't see the stolen bases going anywhere. So, Hey, give him the ribbies. That's fine. And, and to second Ray, he's a fine player. I just don't think he's a great player. And I think people are looking at him as a great player this year. Yeah. And just a one other number, um, his last six years, he's averaged 24 home runs a year. Uh, he has 24 home runs, more than 24 home runs twice in six years. I, I, you know, I mean, he, again, Eddie Rosario, uh, the, the numbers are clear. That does not mean that's what's going to happen in 2021. The numbers are clear. Ozuna is not the player that he is being drafted as. He's being drafted with the expectation that he takes what he did last year in a shortened season and expands upon it. We just haven't seen that yet. Let's move along to another one-eyed fantasy hitter for 2021. Again, we're talking about guys that if you just take a quick glance or you only go cockeyed at their numbers, you you might miss the full picture. You need to open both eyes on them. Uh, Ray in Philadelphia, Alec Bohm, 
Um, now, you and I have visited with Alec. I guess he was coming up through the mm-hmm. minor leagues two years ago. We were talking with him as one of the top prospects in baseball, and it was a good visit, so on and so forth. And last year was a good year, second in rookie of the year voting. Uh, but, Ray, just like Azuna, there's that big, bright number of a 338 batting average. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not to the level of stolen bases, like where people just go crazy when they see a guy with 20 steals. But nowadays you're hitting 330, 340. We got to pay attention. That's a category that's getting more and more difficult to fill. Uh, Alec Bohm, though, is a guy, Ray, that you need to pay attention maybe to some of the backline statistics when you look at him. Yeah, and we see, we've seen some of the auctions and stuff that we've had over at uh, SiriusXM, and there, people are in on Bohm, right? We're seeing high bids and all that. And I'll say this, for a guy that is, what is he, 6'4", 6'5", you know, 230 pounds, you, you, you hear that and you see him swing and you think, oh, that guy's got holes. He's got to have holes. He really doesn't. Full credit to him that he is, throughout his minor league career and into last season, he's not been a strikeout guy. 20% strikeout rate last year is phenomenal for a guy that has power in his size in modern day baseball. So he does do a good job of working the count. He does a good job of avoiding the strikeout, which is always a positive for a young player, especially one of his size, but he's 338 average is, is stupid. I mean, he 410 batting average on balls in play. We don't even, do we even need to get deeper than that? I mean, it's, the number's <laughs> dropping 50 points if he's still great. Right. So he, he's going to struggle to, he's going to struggle to hit, 285 like I, I don't even think he hit, he's a 270 hitter right now which again 270 275 that's great that's for a young player we're totally happy there is he a 30 home run guy I don't think he is you know you you look at, at what he he did last year you know launch angle of five and a half percent league average is about what is it seven nine percent I'm forgetting right now um it's like half the league average um his hard hit rate of 46 percent is good but not great you look at his fly ball rate, it was 25%. So we have a player here that's not Yandy Diaz, but we have a player here in Baum that simply didn't lift the baseball. He hit it hard, didn't miss and strike out a lot, but he didn't lift the ball. And so he's going to have to get back up to his minor league levels of fly ball rates, which he could do. The number there, 35% league average. So we're going to talk a lot about him needing to convert those home runs, in uh, fly balls into home runs. And at the end of the day, I think that he is a very good player at the start of a very good career. But again, I think he's a 275-20 guy, and Mm. people are not drafting him expecting that. I will say in his defense, Ray, there's a couple of young third basemen in Pennsylvania, Bohm in in Philly, Cabrian Mm. Hayes in in Pittsburgh. Uh, I'll take Bohm over Cabrian Hayes. I will do that. Um, But I think both guys, we see a... A bit of a pullback. I think it's rather significant in Hayes aspect for Bohm. I think he'll be a fine player. Um, I don't think he becomes like a top eight third baseman, though, at all. Yeah, and it, he might one day. He's just not ready yet. And that's, you know, what will happen with him is probably the same thing that happened with his teammate, Reese Hoskins. Reese Hoskins yeah. came out and started great. Everyone overdrafted him. Then he pulled back to what he really was, and people thought he sucked. And then people got him on a bargain. And so, it, you know, it's the balancing act we do in the fantasy game. A few more hitters, and I'm, I'm just going to throw a few names at you, Ray, and maybe you can pick the guy that you think okay. uh, we most need to look at with two eyes. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez, Dansby Swanson, Alex Verdugo. Of those three, which guy do you, quote-unquote, maybe worry about the most? Uh, I would say this. Verdugo doesn't have enough power for me to be overly interested. Sounds like he'll hit first or second, which is good. Um, Swanson, luckily, the... 
I've never quite gotten the love affair with him. Luckily, in 2021, we have so much depth at the shortstop yeah. position that, yeah. you know, he falls outside of the top 10. Yeah, there's no real overdraft. Right, right. right. So I think the answer is Hernandez. And, um, you know, the, the I, I recently wrote an article over at Fantasy Guru about uh, Randall Gritchick against Adam Duvall and basically said, what's the deal with the ADP with these two guys? Because I look at the Blue Jays and they have too many players. Okay, they have too many guys to fill the outfield in the DH spot. And one of the reasons they have too many guys is because Teoscar Hernandez is in the lineup every day. Now, that could change if he struggles because, again, they have people to turn to. The issue with Hernandez primarily is the strikeout rate. We were just talking about Alec Baum at 20%. For his career, it's almost 32% for Hernandez. And that's the number it's been the last two years. It, when, you, when you're striking out a third of the time, your batting average is in peril because you're just not putting the ball in play. You're not giving yourself an opportunity. So you take a one-third strikeout rate. You take a 350 batting average of balls in play that Hernandez had last year, which he will not repeat. You combo those two things together, and that 289 batting average he had last year is 250. Okay, And then if he falls into a funk or a slump or whatever, like we see happen all the time with guys that have this approach, the 250 could easily become 238. Last year, he hit 289 because there was 50 games played. He will not hit that this year because there will be an evening out over the course of the season. Doesn't have a lot of speed, does have a good lineup, will power the baseball, but the batting average, again, I, I could see it fall 40 or 50 points this season, Kyle. I, I kind of see him as just a pure power play, right? I, I don't really see a whole lot of the other things here. Even the ribbies, I don't know if they follow from the home runs with Hernandez. Yeah, I mean, if you look at him, I, I want to say he's like Kyle Schwarber, but then, you know, depending on your league setup and everything, the first four years that, that Hernandez played, because his batting average and his on-base percentage are directly tied. He's not walking at a rate that's going to lead to the number. Whatever his batting average is basically leads to his on-base percentage. The first three, four years he played, his on-base percentage was 302 to 306. Terrible. You want to be 320 for the league average. So he doesn't get on base enough to have his run scored column even be something that I'm overly confident. So I agree with you. He's going to have to drive in runs, Kyle. That's going to have to be where his value is at. He can pop the long ball and he should drive in runs in this, this lineup, but the rest of his game does have some concerns. Let's go from uh, the plate. Let's go to the rubber. Let's go to the Hill Ray. Uh, talk about some one-eyed fantasy pitchers for 2021. And again, Trevor Bauer is kind of an easy case. You know, we've looked at his numbers and oh my gosh, he can't do that again. And don't fall for that again. But Ray, let's hit some other guys. And, and actually, I want to start in the bullpen. A couple of vets, uh, Brad Hand and Craig Kimbrell, um, especially with Hand, Ray, if you just look at his numbers last year, you're going to say, OK, that's like the best closer in baseball. You know, that, that, that guy is right next to Liam Hendricks. He should be. You know, look how good he was. He didn't blow a save. His ERA was minute. Uh, the whip was small. He makes the move to Washington, Ray. Um, there's some warning signs here. Uh, with Brad Hand. It's not as good as it looks with Brad Hand. And I'd say the same for Kimbrell. Uh, a little different reason for Kimbrell and Ham. For me with Kimbrell, I'm I'm just not trusting that he still has the command and control. Um, I, I kind of think he can fall apart quickly. With Hand, it's a question of, okay, does he still got it? Does he have health? Um, can he do it to that level? And when you look at that level of last season, there's not many guys who can repeat that. I don't think Brad Hand can repeat that. Yeah, the Kimbrell thing is fascinating. Kimbrell struck out 16.4 batters per nine innings last year, which is otherworldly. And he was throwing 97 miles an hour. Like, that's still there. 
but boy, and we saw that in this spring training outing the other day, sometimes he just can't find the strike zone. I mean, it's just flat out. He can't find the strikes on the last two years. He's walked six guys per nine innings, which is vomit inducing. I mean, it's just, it's just awful. He throws hard, but sometimes he's completely scattershot. Uh, hand is different because hand is a better pitcher, quote unquote. Right. Um, but the concerns are legit with hand. And, you know, the thing everyone talks about and they should is the lack of velocity. It would, you know, he went from throwing 93 and a half miles an hour a couple of years ago to 91 and a half last year. I mean, that's the, he's, he's down two, two, three miles an hour with his velocity. And it's not just his fastball, the slider velocity is down too. Um, he's now to the point where, you know, he's throwing, he's throwing the slider 50 plus percent of the time, but the velocity's lost like almost three miles an hour. Like that's, you know, when you're relying on a pitch that heavily and you're losing velocity on your slider, you know, it tur- turns into more of a curveball, And then we got some problems. The pitch rolls. It doesn't snap. Um, as big a concern of, as that Kyle for hand is the fact that, I mean, look at his ground ball to fly ball rate. Yeah. You know, this guy was in the one and a half range, which is kind of ideal for, for a power pitcher. And then the mark was in the one threes for three years in a row. And then the last two years it's 0.5. It's his game has totally changed. He's gone from a ground ball pitcher to an extreme fly ball pitcher, which is awful when you talk about him losing velocity, Last year, somehow he threw those innings, didn't allow a single home run. He did not allow a home run. 57% fly ball rate, no home runs. Um, <laughs> that ain't, that ain't going to repeat. No huh? <laughs> possible chance. And, and, and so lack of velocity, too many fly balls, extreme fortune last year. He can still pitch. Again, the strikeouts and walks were totally fine. They're really good, actually. But he could fall apart quickly because he's the kind of pitcher that you see go Trevor, Trevor got on someone. I mean, mm. he, he could go out there and allow four home runs in three games. It could just really happen quickly for Brad. Hand. And, and, and again, with both these guys, it's not a do not draft. It's not a do not stay away, but it's understanding what you're getting and maybe don't overdraft. And, and one thing to note with relievers, and we'll get into this a bit later with bullpen battles, but there's just a load of big arms and Ray's been preaching it for years and, and everybody's kind of catching up to him. It's like, don't just draft that ninth inning guy for the hell of it because he's the ninth inning guy. Draft the skill set. And, you know, Hand has some some fraying. Kimbrel, there's some fraying. These guys are still good. They're still closers. They still deserve to be drafted, absolutely. But you don't need to overpay. There are so many other guys. You're going to find this over the course of the season. So many other guys are going to jump forth. Maybe it's in Washington. Maybe it's on the, the, the south side of Chicago or north side of Chicago. It, it may be somewhere else. But there are so many relievers. Um, do you really want to embrace these guys? at such an exclusive cost. That's kind of the question. Now, a couple of starting pitchers, Ray, and I, I just looked this up. Uh, NFBC ADP, National Fantasy Baseball Championship, over the course of more than 500 drafts, these two guys I had listed as perhaps one-eyed fantasy pitchers for 2021, they're going back-to-back overall. Number 67 is Max uh, Freed. Number 68 is Zach Plesak. Um, Again, both top 70 picks. That means you're taking them in the first six rounds. There might be people, Ray, out there who are waiting on pitching and they're saying, ah, I'll just get Max Freed in the sixth round. I get Zach Plesak in the sixth round. What would you tell those owners? I would tell the Plesak folks to uh, go to fantasyguru.com tomorrow on Tuesday because I'll have my player profile on Plesak tomorrow. Uh-huh. Um it's not going to suggest taking him where his ADP is. Let's just say that. 
<laughs> um, the Freed one, he's very interesting because he's he's on that, that Braves team that we talked about earlier. He's 24 and six the last two years, which is phenomenal, right? He had that ERA in the low twos, which was terrific last year. There's a lot to like with Freed, but we're at a point where we've we're overdrafting him. Uh, even last year, we saw the strikeout rate, you know, was about a batter below the league average. Uh, his swinging strike rate suggests that number might come up a little bit, but he's really, I don't think he profiles as a strikeout in any arm. Uh, and again, the league average last year was just over nine. I think it was 9.06 or seven, something like that. His walk rate last year was right on his career mark. It's 3-2, a 3-1, excuse me. That's a little below the league average, but it's not an impressive mark at all. Um, he too was very fortunate. Now he's a ground ball guy. Okay. But he was very fortunate last year. He didn't give up any home runs, two home runs and 11 outings. Even when you're like him getting a 50% ground ball rate, you give up more home runs than that. So that, that number is going to rebound a little bit. And ultimately, you know, you, you look at an 82% left on base percentage rate. That's about 10% above the league average. That number figures to normalize a bit. And in total, Kyle, he, it all went right last year for him. It's unlikely it all goes right again for him this year. And it's not that he's Rick Porcello, but he's way more Rick Porcello, Marcus Stroman. He's way more that kind of guy than someone that people should be looking at and thinking they're getting a great pitcher on draft day. Yeah, not really an SP2. And I think that's where you draft him at right now. Some people, again, might wait to get him as an SP1. Uh, You mentioned that left on base percentage, uh, 80%, 10% above the league average, you know, to, to kind of complete the circle here. I think Bauer Ray wasn't he over 90% last yeah, I'll, year. I'll look that up real quick, but it was like yeah. <laughs> 91.9 or something. Let me look it up. It's, and yeah. there were a couple of other guys and 90, 90.9. Yeah, 90.9. Yeah. yeah, that's just an out of this world number. So, you know, it, sometimes when you look at ERAs, um, maybe look at that left on base percentage, especially last year with a lack of starts and a lack of games, you may find some silly numbers. Um, so again, all these guys, one-eyed guys, look at them with two eyes. It, it's again, not saying these guys suck, don't get them. They're going to bum out. They're going to be disasters. It's saying maybe a pullback on investing in them. We always know there's three or four guys around every single player. Maybe you look at those three or four other guys instead of looking at these guys. Um, our one-eyed fantasy pitchers and hitters for 2021. And again, kudos to Trevor Bauer for giving us that content. We, we always appreciate that. Uh, Ray, moving to the three spot in our starting nine, we had the Labor NL and Labor AL auctions over the weekend. You and I were broadcasting the NL. Uh, That was on Saturday. The AL was on Sunday. People can look up these uh, boards. They can see these teams by going to rtsports.com slash labr dash NL auction and backslash labr dash AL auction. As you look at it, Ray, especially the NL, maybe that's the place to start because you were part of the coverage. What'd you take away from that NL get together? And if people are wondering why I'm not in this, uh, I was in the the mixed league draft that's also uh, on Sirius, and I have a write up at Fantasy Guru talking about my team there. Um, I and I, I mentioned this on the broadcast. I and you said this just a few moments ago. I feel like vindicated, and I know I'm. It doesn't matter, and. I, but I've been saying this stuff about relievers forever. And I like the industry is finally got it. You you watch this draft at the NL Labor League. No one spent on pitching on relievers. No one. I mean, you were seeing relievers that have jobs go for eight to ten dollars. In the old days, those guys would go for eighteen to twenty dollars. 
you were seeing the power arms that could easily have, you know, five to 10 saves without blinking, go for five bucks. It was shocking to me to see the entire room basically say, we're going to spend up on starting pitching because we think that's important. But with the uncertainty about these teams and how they're handling the bullpens, I'm not spending more than five bucks on guys. And I commented on the broadcast. If I was in this draft, I would have crushed it because that's how I usually draft. I take these guys and it's, you know, Devin Williams for seven bucks, Giovanni Gallegos for five bucks, Mark Melanson for five bucks, you know, Lucas Sims for $2. I mean, it's just every reliever seemingly, if they weren't one of like three guys, was treated as an afterthought. I I was talking to Steve Gardner of USA Today and uh, Ray, Steve and USA Today put this whole event on and and Steve has a lot of historical data and he, he writes about this league throughout the summer he was telling me, Ray, and, and I think this was for all pitchers, not just starters, but it kind of speaks to how the money went with, with just great value in the single digits. But we had 38 pitchers in that NL auction go for double digits. And he said he could not find a single year in his records of that many NL pitchers going in double digits. And obviously, a majority of that was starters. We only had a few guys on the reliever front, you know, guys like Josh Hader and, and the big names went for double digits. But overall, that those double-digit costs, we had a lot of them. They all went to starting pitching. And you're right, late in that NL auction, Ray, it, it was remarkable to see the guys that you're scoring at like three bucks and you know $4. And if I were to fall asleep today and wake up in October and somebody said, oh, yeah, this $3 guy that I got in the NL auction, he ended up with 15 saves. Like, yeah, okay, I get it. I, I mean, I would not have been surprised at all. There were so many big arms in the national league that you can still get late. Yeah. And, and, and for those people that haven't done a league auction, a league only auction, maybe this is sounding kind of strange, but you can find quote unquote bargains laid in the bullpen in particular, but you shouldn't be getting Jake McGee. Who looks like he's going to be the closer for the giants for four bucks. You know, Lucas Sims, like I said, $2, Trevor may a buck Tanner Rainey. We were just talking about, you know, oh, that's a different team. Um, Tanner Rainey, two bucks, you know, all these arms that, you know, have power that have the potential again for five to 10 saves. If everything goes wrong, let alone 15, 20, 25, if things go right, I just was shocked. And I was also surprised that more teams in this draft, because those prices were so low, didn't do the double up thing. Didn't grab guy one and guy two. Cause if I'm sitting in this room and I'm seeing how this is going, that's absolutely what I would have done. I would have identified whatever team and whatever guy I grabbed first, right. I would have got the second guy. Because, you know, instead of having to pay $14, which is what you should have had to pay for those two guys, you could have gone them both for eight. Why wouldn't you have done that? That was Saturday night with the NL. AL was on Sunday night. Um, Ray, I don't know how much you caught of this. We had the broadcast, of course, on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. You know, the AL, there's just so much less talent. And, and we'll touch on that in a bit. But, I mean, we saw like three pitchers, Cole, Bieber, uh, in Giolito, I mean, they were far and away the guys that people were after in starting pitching. And then there was a, a big fade, you know, eight, nine bucks to the next guy. And, and then we had a few guys in the mid 20s. The depth at starting pitching just gets wiped out quickly in the American League, specifically to some of the owners, because part of the attraction of labor is is this fantasy league. This league of experts has been going on for almost 30 years, I think. This weekend was year number 28. And so many of these guys are repeats. And Ray, there are, there are um, you know, trend lines that develop. There are reputations that develop. Uh, the NFBC team, uh, Greg Ambrosius, Sean Childs, they are known for like going out and getting three or four guys for like 35 bucks a piece, you know, maybe three hitters and a pitcher. 
and then just backfilling everything with their 260 budget. You know, they'll blow an easy 130 bucks on three guys. And then they spend the other 130 trying to, to piece together the, the rest of their 23-man roster. But, Ray, it was fascinating last night. They really didn't do that. They, they got some good players. I mean, they got Bo Bichette, and they got Yoan Mankata, and they went out and, and secured Jordan Alvarez and Ramon Laureano. But that is very different from what they usually do. This was the best 1-23 through 23 team that I think I've ever seen Greg and Sean put together. They, they really did change their stripes last night. They did. Uh, and, you know, you have to – every auction is different in particular. Every draft is different, but auctions in particular are, are, can be very different. Uh, depends when players are tossed out, what people's goals are, the bidding, all of that. But you are right. That is not an Ambrosius Child's uh, traditional plan. Uh, you know, 20 on Correa, 26 on Mancata, 30 – 35 on Bichette was their big expenditure, as you noted. And then Ramon Laureano at 23 and Jordan Alvarez at 24. That's more of a Colton and the Wolfman, you know, $25 on everyone kind of plan. Well, and look how good their pitching staff is right now. They got Bieber. He goes with a bullet. And that's the guy they spent money on. Agreed. What they did is like two big guys instead of four big guys. And because of going two big guys, Ray, you know, Bieber and, and Bichette, their, their rotation actually has way more depth than we're used to seeing from them. True. And they've got big arms. Now they grab Nick Anderson, who may get 28 saves, may get eight. We don't know how the Rays are going to play it, but a fantastic arm, Eduardo Rodriguez. Hopefully he's healthy. All the reports are good in his return from COVID and the heart issues. Tristan McKenzie, I've joked around. He's the only guy in baseball I could probably bench more than. He's skinnier than I am, <laughs> uh, but he's got a fantastic arm. They took a shot on Fultonavich, who reports are suggesting that I think I saw he was throwing 96-7. Uh, after losing the five miles an hour last year, Jimenez. That was for two bucks, so yeah. that really cost him very little. Yeah, right. And then, you know, Jimenez, Casey Mize, Michael Kopech for two. And that's an example. Like, Matt Manning for a dollar is great, by the way, and they only like, but how does Michael Kopech go for two bucks? I mean, and again, you can always do this at the end because if, if Kopech comes out as the 28th guy off the board, he goes for nine, 12 bucks. I mean, okay. But that's, I mean, that is great. When you're at that point of the draft and you're, you're looking at your last two guys on the staff, if Greg and Tom could sit there and say, I mean, Greg and, and, and uh, Sean, Sean, geez, yes. I mean, thank, you, thank you, Kyle, can go and say, well, you know, we're down to our last two spots here. Let's see if we can get a rookie like Matt Manning. And boy, Michael Kopech's still sitting there. Let's see if we can get that. We got three bucks. Maybe we can get one of the two guys. And they get Kopech for two bucks? Like, no one else in that room, I wasn't there. No one else in the room had two bucks to go. Wow. I mean, because even if Kopech makes nine starts, he could be one of these power arms out of the bullpen, right? He throws 75 innings this year, gets 110 strike. I mean, that to me is a great way to round out a rotation for them. And, and you know, to kind of keep that going, talking about Manning and Mize um, in our four spot in the lineup today, Ray, talking about the American League. And again, you know, Mike Trout's the number one hitter. Jose Ramirez is the number two hitter. It gets pretty messy after that. You see the Blue Jays popping up, Bichette, Vlad gets a lot of love, you know, all those things. But the overall depth in the American League does not compare to the NL. Um, there is so much more even excitement, I would say, with the players in the NL. But one thing I will say in our cleanup spot, Ray, is that the American League does have prospects. And so maybe for people doing drafts, not specific AL or specific NL, but certainly in the bench rounds, there are just a load of prospects in the American League. You mentioned Kopech. We got the three guys with the Tigers, Mize, Manning, and Scooball. Uh, Kellenick, of course. Kirilov, of course. You know, staying with Detroit, Torkelson is there. Um, Kansas City's got a couple of pitchers, Asa Lacey and, and Daniel Litch that we could see. The Yankees have a couple of guys in Debbie Garcia, Clark Schmidt. 
Um, AJ Puck is still considered a rookie. Uh, we're seeing some good news with Taylor Trammell in Seattle. Maybe he could surprise. Uh, Patino, who's now with the Tampa Bay Rays. Nate Pearson of Toronto. Ray, I haven't even named Wander Franco and Adley Rushman, who might be the two best prospects in all of baseball. Yeah. Um, the, the AL's just locked and loaded. And, and maybe, you know, lack of talent this year, but maybe by 2024, we're saying, wow, look at all the excitement in the American League. Yeah, over at Fantasy Guru, we've got a, a section. If you go to the draft guide tab at the top and then drop down menu, MLB rookies, we've got a whole section there with player profiles and dynasty stuff and all that. So people check that out. And when we were doing the broadcast uh, for the AL, excuse me, the NL, and I, I whipped open the top 40 rookies for 2021 just to see because we're kind of doing who's, who's the best left guys and all that, you know, when, as the draft was winding down. And I'm looking at the list. And I'm like, ale, 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 ale. There's no, there's no, there's no one left. So yeah, you're right. There is a tremendous amount of young talent there. Uh, and whether or not it arrives in 2021 or sometime in the future, uh, the future is bright for those youngsters in that league. Something else that is hurting the American League right now are some injuries. And as we move to the fifth spot in the batting order today, let's get you up to date on some of the spring talk. Uh, Houston's still in the news. Um, Alex Bregman. Uh, battling a hamstring injury. He says he's about 90%. We'll see. Still haven't seen Jordan Alvarez. And Ray, there was a report over the weekend, even after the signing of Jake Odorizzi, that Framel Valdez uh, may kind of ignore the advice and may say, you know what? I'm going to try to pitch this year. I don't want to do the surgery. So we, this is now a story we've been following for five or six days, Ray, waiting to see what the true situation is with Valdez. And it kind of sounds like it's still up in the air. We got the player wanting to do one thing. And we've got perhaps the doctors and maybe even the team wanting to do something else. Yeah, I got them floating all over the place in the rankings of Fantasy Guru because it's like, ah, you know, dropped them 80 spots, raised them 50 spots. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, with each with each news drop, yeah. you have to adjust them. <laughs> yeah, because it's not I don't want to tell someone who doesn't know the news that, oh, you know, Fran Raval does this guy number 42 if he's not pitching this year. I also don't want to drop him off a list if there's a chance he's going to. Yeah. So uh, we don't know. It is very odd uh, that it has taken this long. Very odd to me. I mean, you, you, you know, in this day and age, you, you, you get an MRI or whatever. Is it hard to email it to a doctor? Like, I don't, I don't know what the delay is. There must be a lot of back and forth about what the correct way to do this. I, you and I have talked about this previously. I've always felt that breaking a finger should knock you out for seven months. So I, something we don't know is seemingly happening in my opinion. Uh, but it is odd that the news reports continue to, to vacillate back and forth. And we're not really, I mean, these are like John Heyman reports, right? Like it's it's not even the team necessarily unless I'm missing things. It's not even the team necessarily saying this is what we're going to do. It's kind of been you know like they're running a submarine and all quiet out there, Kyle. Well, and and I know Houston has now gained that reputation, Ray, of a place that you can't really trust. And I'm not even talking about the trash can stuff. I'm talking about you know Justin Verlander last year. Mm -hmm. You know, oh no, he's not really hurt. You know, Tommy John surgery. Right. You know, now now we're doing it with like Jordan Alvarez. You know, how hurt is he? We don't know. Um, and now, of course, we're dealing with Framar Valdez. You know, you just kind of sit here and you twiddle your thumbs, waiting to see what's going to happen with the Houston Astros. Uh, a couple of other injuries to follow. Xander Bogart still hoping to make his spring debut. Uh, he's got a shoulder issue. Good news for Mike Soroka of the Braves. He threw two innings in a simulated game. Uh, disappointing news for the Cleveland Indians, Ray. Framel Reyes and Jose Ramirez, they broke COVID protocol. Uh, now, they don't have COVID as far as we know, but they broke protocol. So that means they missed time in spring camp. The good news, I guess, is, hey, I'm not really worried about Jose Ramirez. I don't think Framel Reyes certainly needs spring training. But here's your reminder, Ray, that this is still going to be an issue this year, even though the, 
the COVID um, and the infections may be going down. We still have protocols in Major League Baseball. And here's just two players, two guys getting drafted everywhere that are missing some time. If it happens in season, that's when we really start to care. Well, Reyes, this is the second time. He did it last year with the party without the mask. I think it was 4th of July or something. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, look, you know, you can have your opinions. And this is not a medical show. We're not getting into politics and everything here. But they're rules. Fran Reyes apparently doesn't care. (laughs) Okay. And so, you know, when you can put your – you want to do – we say this all the time. You want to get drunk in the corner of your house in your basement, go for it. But you damn well better not get drunk and drive a car, right? (laughs) If you want to to go out and and do whatever you want in your life, that's fine. But when you put your teammates – and your organization at risk, which he is doing, because if, if, if COVID if COVID hits, these guys all get pulled out. And I think the team has to do something. And as of this podcast, we're not hearing anything, you know, which I think is a mistake because again, this is a two-time offender now. But uh, it's something to track. You're right. The story's not going away. People have got to be smart about it. We don't want this to devolve into, you know, basketball's had all kinds of problems, hockey. You know, we, we want to keep as safe as we can so that we can play a full season. Yeah, and it doesn't adjust fantasy rankings right now, but it's just something to remember, to recall. There are protocols, and whether a guy has COVID or not, I mean, if he breaks protocol, it's like, by the rules, we got to sit you down. We're not going to let you in the locker room. So that is still going to be an issue in the summer of 2021. Uh, a couple of other quick things. Steven Strasburg set to make his debut uh, tomorrow on Tuesday. Um, he had the uh, issue with his hand, carpal tunnel syndrome. That's been fixed. We'll see how he looks. Uh, Michael Lorenzen, I guess I can call him reliever slash outfielder and now slash starting pitcher. Um, early reports out of camp say Lorenzen could be the guy for the Cincinnati rotation. And then finally out of the spring, this leads us to the sixth spot in the batting order today, Ray. Um, our player profile is taking a look at Joey Gallo, who is off to a fantastic start. Uh, the dude's got four home runs, Ray, in his first 12 spring at-bats. Uh, five hits overall. The other hit was a double. So Joey Gallo is doing Joey Gallo things. But let's talk about Joey Gallo. What do we got now with Joey Gallo? Because, Ray, there, there have been years with massive home run totals, and there have been years like last season where uh, he hits home runs. But yikes, he also hit one 81. This is a guy who's good in one spot, not so good anywhere else. You know, it's interesting because we were talking earlier about Teoscar Hernandez, right? His ADP is around 80 right now in the NFBC. Joey Gallo is around 160. Are they that different? I don't think they are, personally. Um, you know, I don't think either guy's a big steel threat. I don't think either guy's a batting average threat. Let's say we give 20 points in batting average to Hernandez, fine. Last two healthy seasons that Gallo has played, he's gone 40 home runs with 80 RBIs and 80 runs in both years. This numbers Teoscar Hernandez has never done. So I think that it, it represents a, a good buying opportunity if this information from spring doesn't cause him to you know shoot up 48 <laughs> spots, which it could. But I've always been a Gallo fan. Um, I know there are holes in his game. There's no way around that. His batting average will never be good. His strikeout rate is awful. It's 37%. It's even worse than Hernandez. So let's say he's a 235 hitter. Okay. But that power is straight up legit. No one in baseball hits the ball harder than him. No one has a better home run swing than him. And at that cost, Kyle, I'm buying it in 2021. Well, and one thing we've got to figure out in this, again, Gallo has such crazy power. I don't know if it really affects him, but Ray, obviously the ballpark at Arlington, the old place, you know, that played to offense. The early returns, and again, it's a brand new ballpark. We have no full seasons, but last year, Ray, the early returns was that this is not the same ballpark, the new place for the Rangers. 
right. It doesn't matter, Joey Gallo, but you're right. <laughs> you know, but you, you're right. And then we have to, I'm being flippant. You have to pay attention to the ballpark. It is something to consider and all that. I just say it doesn't matter to him because when is Joey Gallo hitting a wall scraper at 332 feet? Yeah. Just, <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, the home environment is something that we do not have a handle on. And, you know, if, if Gallo hits 43 home runs or he hits 36, I mean, that's a big difference in his value if he is indeed hitting 230. So it's important. Let's move along here on the Baseball Elite podcast and go to the seven spot and uh, Ray get a little discussion about bullpen battles. And, and this kind of references back to what we were discussing in the National League with how many big arms there are. Um, and, and we're used to bullpen battles. We're, we're, we've seen them now for a number of years, but most of the time we see bullpen battles with teams that are quote unquote bad, you know, teams most of the time that are under 500. Things are different now, and and this goes to the fact that Major League Baseball and the front offices have realized we don't need to pay up for a good closer. And instead, what they've done is said, you know what, we're going to bring a bunch of flamethrowers in, pay them each three to four million bucks, um, and just see who wins the job, see who see who kind of emerges. And so a lot of teams are doing it. And like I said, Ray, even the contenders are, uh, like Minnesota, Tampa, Atlanta, Philadelphia, San Diego, a few other teams it's kind of wide open with jobs. Um, and some of these are not just two guys. It's like three guys jockeying back and forth. And honestly, if you're drafting early in March with these specific situations, all the guys need to be owned, don't they? I mean, like Tampa, Anderson, Fairbanks, and Castillo, they all need to be drafted. Um, you look at San Diego, Pomerantz, Melanson, Pagan, they all probably need to be drafted. Uh, there are some good battles to watch this spring. There are some really good battles to watch this spring. And unfortunately, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to get any of these teams saying A or B is the guy. I don't know if even if they say that three weeks in, that's the way they're going to play it. And that's that's 2021 baseball. And, uh, you know, we have seen leagues, including Tower Wars, move to Solds leagues. It's something I've talked with you about forever, written about at Fantasy Guru forever. Uh, we actually have Solds rankings coming out today. At the wow. website, by the way. So if, if depending upon when you listen to this, run to the website, there'll be sold rankings because I've had requests for that and they, those should have been up earlier. Man, uh, you won another battle over there. Now you're I, getting sold rankings? Yeah. Gosh, right? Yeah, I know, Kyle. But I mean, you, like you're, I mean, how many of these situations, at least a third of these are messy. At least, and I think at least a third of the closed situations are bad. So it's like, <laughs> I mean, how many closes are, is anyone really confident in? Are there 10 guys everyone is really confident in? I, I don't think the answer is yes. Hmm. Let's go through each of these specifically. And you can give one of three answers. Well, okay. sometimes one of four answers. Oh, Any okay. of the players to win the job, to be the guy. Or, Ray, you can just say that's going to be a mix and match on opening day. Okay. So so we're talking mainly about opening day. I don't, I don't want to get into, okay, what's it going to be in July? Right. So. Let's go through these contenders only. Um, Minnesota, Colomay, Rogers, and Duffy. Is it any one of those three, or is it a mix and match on opening day? I don't think Duffy's necessarily in the mix. I think it would be between Rogers and Colomay. Uh, even in the recent past, Rogers has led the team in saves, right? But then it's guy like Sergio Romo getting a good deal of work in the ninth inning. I think Rogers is the the winner, but I also think it's a mix and match with him and Colomay. So, you know. I'm I'll go in Rogers on opening day, but I'm not positive on that. I'm going to go Rogers and I think he's got a better grip on it than you do. Okay. Um, so Rogers is going to be my guy in Tampa, Nick Anderson, Peter Fairbanks or Diego Castillo pass. No, 
that, that's a mix. It's it, yeah. isn't it so simple to just look at Tampa like and just say mix, no matter yeah. what the question is. Yeah, I mean, if we're going traditionally, if we're Tony Larusa, it's Nick Anderson, and there's no question. If we're going Tampa Rays baseball in 2021, it's a mix um, <laughs> because Anderson, Anderson, despite the playoffs, phenomenal. He has been phenomenal. There's not a better pitcher in baseball the last two years than Anderson, but that doesn't mean he's working the ninth inning. Okay, the next one, again, talking contenders, Atlanta, Will Smith, Chris Martin. I'm going to say the winner is Will Smith, and then it depends. If there's any cracks there, it becomes a mix and match very quickly. The only reason I go with Smith is because I, I I just feel better about his overall skill set, but he's a lefty, Kyle, mm-hmm. and Martin is a guy that's not getting enough respect in the fantasy game. I, I'm going Chris Martin. He's kind of my sleeper pickup in a lot of drafts, and I, I hate that in most of my leagues, I like to push back to as late as possible and you know, the, the only way I'm going to get Martin is if like he doesn't win the job, because if he wins the job, he's going to shoot up draft boards. Yeah. So I, I, I like Martin a lot as kind of my sleeper there. Uh, Philadelphia, Archie Bradley or Hector Norris? <sighs> yeah, there. this is a mix and match. <laughs> this is a mix and match. Um, I think that Bradley is the slightly better pitcher. I think that Norris is the more dominant guy, and it all depends where he ends up, right? Weeks where he's great, weeks where he's awful. I think it's a mix and match. Okay, couple more. I, I like Bradley there a little more than Aries. Yeah, just a little more. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Diego. Here's the last one. This is a biggie: Pomerantz, Pagan, or Melanson. You got Melanson, who's done it forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pomerantz, who used to be a starter, but has now been really good as a reliever. And then Pagan Ray, who is uh, kind of between the two, except he's exclusively a reliever, just doesn't have the track record. Yeah, I think that Pagan is the third guy, but I think it's a mix and match. Uh, well. Um, we said opening day. On opening day, it's Mark Melanson. But I think it's a mix and match this year. Um, Pomerantz is a more skilled pitcher than, than Mark Melanson. Now, Mark Melanson is, is, is more of a Brandon Kinsler setup kind of guy than he is a dominant closer. Uh, and they're righty-lefty, so the Padres could do a lot of mixing and matching. But it's a win for Melanson on an opening day, but it's a mix and match. I think Pomerantz could be the guy. That, that's a very analytically inclined team. Um, and I think maybe Pomerantz does get there, but you may be more right. Kind of the mix and match on opening day, obviously more bullpen battles out there, but we kind of wanted to focus on the contenders, whether fair or not, people get more excited about closers on contenders. So those are kind of the ones to watch. Uh, we kindly get down to the uh, finale here, the eight and nine spot in our starting lineup, been a good addition here of the baseball elite podcast. And, Of course, at number eight, it's the same today that it's always been. It's our random reference. We go over to baseballreference.com and we just click on random pages and see what we get. The only rule is it's got to be somebody or at least some game uh, from at least 1980 to present. And Ray, we have satisfied our needs, but we have not satisfied our needs for somebody who's truly interesting to talk about. Um, (laughs) Left hand, although he was a second round pick back in 03, uh, left-handed pitcher Jojo Reyes, uh, who came up with Atlanta back in, let's see, his rookie year would have been 07. The only year where he really got an opportunity to pitch was with Atlanta in 08, and it wasn't good. Uh, he went 3-11 and for Atlanta back in 08 with a 5-8 ERA, a 1-6-5 whip. He was a prospect coming up, and, and that Atlanta team had a lot of names. It's kind of wild to look at this. Ray, I pulled up the 03 Braves. Again, Jojo Reyes probably had his most leash there. The, the or excuse me, the, do I have it? Yeah, the 08 Rays, uh, Braves. Sorry about that. 72 and 90 
was the record. And listen to the guys they have. You might say, oh, the Braves were rebuilding. They had McCann, Teixeira, Chipper Jones, Francoeur, who was still something back then. Uh, Yunel Escobar was only 25. Like, right, they, they, they had some hitters. I guess they just didn't have the pitching, especially if you got to give Jojo Reyes 22 starts that season. Yeah, and if you're looking it up, it's Joe, J-O, dash, J-O. So it's <laughs> like it sounds. He's a, he's a, a singer. He's a, you know, something like that. Um, but he, Pop he went, star. Yeah, there you go, right. He went 12 and 5 in 2006 in the, in the minors. He went 12 and 1 in 2007 in the minors. He actually went 55 and 35 in the minors. And, he you know, owned the minor leagues. He was very good in the minor leagues. Now his whip was 1-3 and he wasn't a huge strikeout arm, but a lot of success in the minor leagues. And I think that, you know, who cares about Jojo Reyes? No one listening even remembers who he was. But it's instructive because, as you noted, he was second-round draft pick. And as I noted, he was very successful in the minor leagues. We get so ahead of ourselves sometimes when we play dynasty leagues and keeper leagues. Oh, my gosh, these young pitchers. I think it's kind of instructive sometimes to realize that more of these guys fail than succeed. See, this is the whole reason I push, push the random reference, though, Ray. I, I want to find guys that people don't care about. That's, it, believe me, somebody out there, Ray, mm-hmm. has a Jojo Reyes memory. Somebody. Well, probably not a good one because I'm looking at his major league totals. He was not good. But somebody has a memory. Now, he also pitched in Toronto, Baltimore, the Angels, and, and the Marlins. So maybe somebody be, in those towns. You got to be pretty good to make uh, 25 starts when your area is five and a half. Let's yeah. at that. And I, I, I was looking at that pitching. They had uh, Mike Hampton, uh, Tim Hudson. Like, it's crazy. That team sucked. They had a lot of names, and they went 72 and 90. Yikes. Uh, I guess we'll blame Jojo Reyes, though. Sure. That is our uh, random reference for today. <laughs> uh, let's close it down, Ray, with our stamp of approval. Mm-hmm. Anything under the sun that we want to give our stamp of approval to, baseball, sports, or not, um, what are you giving your stamp of approval to today in the podcast? I keep going rogue here and staying away from sports. I'm sure I'll flip back to that soon, but my stamp of approval goes to balconies. And I got to, I mean, we, you would. What ones that don't crumble. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Ones that don't fall when you have a party. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I've worked a lot the last couple of weeks in particular. You have as well. And um, Sunday, I didn't do anything. I didn't, I didn't look at, at sports until like four in the afternoon, which is remarkable for me. And I spent like three hours out on a balcony, had lunch on the balcony, almost fell asleep sitting up in the sun on the balcony, had the dog next to me, the cat in my lap balconies Kyle you know I I had this even before you said balconies um Ray and I kind of go together with our stamp of approval and maybe a lot of people are thinking this right now they're thinking about balconies what are they also thinking about spring weather spring weather and and I've joked with Ray before that the seasons don't really exist in the Bay Area but where I live in St. Louis Missouri they exist and we'll get all four seasons in like a week's time uh but spring is here Ray I, I was looking at the forecast this morning. It's like upper 60s, low 70s all week long. This is heaven. This is grilling weather. This is drinking in the afternoon weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just hanging out on the back porch. Now, I don't have a balcony. I do not have that. But I do have a couple of porches, a front and a back. Spring weather, Ray, after, after a winter. And it wasn't even a brutal winter. We had like one bad week of winter. But nothing beats spring coming around the corner. You got baseball. You got the heat. You got things blossoming and blooming. It's just great. It is. And I forgot to mention, I had a 25 ounce Kieran with me out there too, Kyle. So um, <laughs> yeah, it was probably, it was only probably 68, 70. It wasn't hot, but boy, was it wonderful just sitting in the sun. Absolutely wonderful. Um, hey, commercial break. We always do that at the end of the show, commercial break. Um, 
March Madness Guide, Ray. Isn't that that's available now over at uh, Fantasy Guru? Yeah, actually, it's it's at Elite Sports Betting. Okay, Elite Sports. Sorry about uh, that. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, everyone gets confused by it anyway. For those people that don't know, FantasyGuru.com is for seasonal. Then we've got Elite uh, Elite Fantasy for DFS, and then we've got Elite Sports Betting for betting. Uh, and we do have our N- NCAA tournament guide available right now. Um, you can find that on Twitter at Elite Wins, or you can just go to the site, elitesportsbetting.com. Uh, we've got the articles, you know, futures bets, daily bets for the tournament. There's a chat that you can jump in there. We have daily shows talking about it. So it's not just here's a 12-page thing breaking down some teams. It's a full-on guide, Kyle, that's available over at elitesportsbetting.com if you're interested in some NCAA hoops. And updated constantly. We got the conference tournaments this week, and the actual tournament uh, will begin on the back end of next week. Selection Sunday is uh, coming up this Sunday. Uh, that does it for the commercial. Yeah, we're even sneaking in a commercial. See, Ray, I'm learning this podcasting yeah. game. I, I found a way to do a commercial. Come on. Appreciate you, Kyle. Appreciate you. <laughs> uh, speaking of commercials and promoing things, we're back on Wednesday. Uh, stick around for Wednesday. Ray is going to. Reveal his breakout pitcher for 2021. Oh, yeah. He's got one every year. I don't know if it's as exciting as the one-eyed fantasy pitchers. Probably not. For 2021. But people love this breakout pitcher. Ray's got a hell of a good track record spotlighting his breakout. So we're going to spend a lot of time on that. That's coming up on Wednesday uh, right here on the Elite Podcast. Uh, Ray, as we head out the pod door, Mm -hmm. where can people find you? Yeah, people can find me on Twitter at Baseball Guys. They can find me on Instagram at the Ray Flowers. And for those people that have been asking, this week we're really going to start diving in to the player profile series. Look for one of those basically popping up every day where we spotlight a player and we give you a 1,500 words and, and ultimately give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down. As for me, um, you're going to find me outside enjoying the spring weather, doing some afternoon drinking, probably listening to the birds sing a beautiful tune. I don't know. Uh, That is it for us. That'll do it for the podcast. Hopefully we did it for you. We'll see you upcoming on Wednesday afternoon. 